You're listening to an Airwave Media Podcast. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello there. My name is Rob Harvilla, and I host a ringer podcast called 60 Songs That Explain the 90s, which is self-explanatory, except we're up to like 110 songs now. It's a long story. Katie and Nathan asked me to tell you that they use foul language on this show. And if you don't care for profanity, maybe this ain't your bag. But in this case, it's all swearing in the service of praising Tina Turner. And curse words used to praise Tina Turner magically become quite sacred words via the sainted transitive power of Tina Turner. Okay, more profane than any language Katie and Nathan use today is my mercenary capitalist urge to take this moment to add that I also have a book coming out on November 14th, also called 60 Songs That Explain the 90s, also with more than 60 songs in it. There's like 120. I can't explain that either. Yeah, check it out. Okay, that's enough. Enough of me. On to Katie and Nathan and Tina. Thank you. Enjoy. Hi, this is Katie. And this is Nathan. And you're listening to Queen's Podcast, the show about badass women in history. Hey, Katie. Hello. <laughs> you know what I'm dying to talk about today, Nathan? Oh, I already know because we left her off on part one and I have been dying to hear part two because ugh, it's going to be so much better, guys. <laughs> it's Tina, bitch. Yes. <laughs> Nathan, where did we last leave Miss Tina Turner? So she is a huge music star, but... She's been in this abusive, controlling relationship for 16 years with this dude named Ike. Maybe you've heard of him. And finally, in Dallas, Texas, she's had enough. And she dramatically spins across the highway to freedom. Yes! Hashtag free Tina! (laughs) Pretty much right away. She does not waste any time. She files for divorce. She, I love this about Tina. I feel like consistently throughout her life, she knows what she wants. And she gets it. And when she decides, I want a divorce, like... She's filing. She's done. She's done. Now, if you remember, they were on tour when she left him. And so she's refusing to work with him anymore. Like, in no way, shape, or form. She's And so she's canceling the tour. And since it's Tina's refusal to work that cancels the tour, she's the one that's financially responsible for the broken contracts. Ooh. And, yeah, so she's just that done that she's like, I don't care. I'll, I'll figure out a way to pay it back. Whatever. So Tina just knew that if she fought, that she'd have to spend more time in court, more money to do all this shit. You have to see his fucking face. Ugh, I don't want to see his face anymore. I wouldn't either. Yeah. Come on. And the more time she spends in court, she has to like physically see him. And so she's tired with even being in the same room as this man. So she accepted the entire financial responsibility of canceling the tour date. Have you ever been like that? I was thinking the other day, one time I broke up with someone and they technically owed me like $200 because we were like on the same cell phone plan. Mm. 
back then, I mean, $200 is a lot of money, but back then $200 was a lot of money to me. But I was just so done that I was like, what the fuck ever. Have you ever been in that kind of just like, I just need to get out of this situation? Oh, yeah, yeah. absolutely. You're like, uh, I'll cut my losses. Yeah. I think that's that's the term that you use. If, if $200 <laughs> like, is what I had to pay to be done with to that To be man. in this yeah. relationship. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm uh, $200. Take your money, whore. <laughs> <laughs> but if you'll remember, Tina doesn't have a fucking dime to her name. We talked about in the last episode, you know, in the 70s, women didn't necessarily have financial freedom in relationships. Men owned the banking accounts. So even though she has been busting her ass, working for 16 years without a break, remember she like worked right up until she gave birth. She does not have a dime to her name to show for it. Oh, this is the whole thing back in the day. You you remember RBG? Yeah. Ruth Bader Ginsburg. That was her whole fight was to get women to have open up bank accounts to have credit cards in their names. And, and when they went to court, she said she didn't want financial support, which most people in her shoes would ask for alimony. I'm not going to lie. I'd probably ask for alimony. She deserved (laughs) it. It's not her fault that none of the shit was in her name, but she was just so done with it. She's like, keep your money. Yeah. But she knew that if she let Ike continue to see himself as supporting her. Yeah. Then he'd somehow manage to weasel his way in. Snake back in, back into her life. Yeah. (sighs) toxic abusive relationship you have got to cut those ties yeah do not let them have any any say so in your life because they've had too much to begin with a hundred percent so she told the judge all i want is my name which is so beautiful because remember i had i can't remember if it was trademark or copyright i don't know the difference he had legal legally owned the name tina turner and she was just like all i want is my fucking name And Ike was like, no, I trademarked that or whatever. But the judge was like, looking at, she is Tina Turner now. She has been Tina Turner. And so she got her name. How beautiful is that? That's so poetic to me. Yeah, it's almost like the girl gets her name. (laughs) 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 So she also asked for her two cars. Her two Jaguars. Her two Jags. (laughs) She got the two cars and her name, bitch. And that was it. That was it. And I mean, they made a shitload of money as the Ike and Tina Turner review. So yeah, like walking away with a famous name and two very expensive vehicles, you would think, oh, that's a win. But like on the grand scheme of things, it was not a win. That wasn't a win. But I think she chose it because she knew, okay, I just got to walk away with this with the, the bare minimum. Uh, yeah. With what I If I got to start from I scratch want. on my own yeah. terms. She basically yeah. said what I want is my name and a couple cars. <laughs> and she got it. And she's like, okay, I'll go from here. <laughs> yep. 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 <laughs> now, I wish that we could tell you that Tina walked away from that courtroom and was an overnight sensation as a solo act. But sadly, that's just not how things went. In fact, the first two years after she left Ike, she was on food stamps. Nathan, can you like, believe that? Oh, if, I mean, if you're not in the United States, food stamps is like government assistant to buy food because you're like below the poverty line. She's one of the most famous women in the world. And she was on, she was that low income. Isn't that wild? That's crazy. After their divorce was final, Ike said, hey. Let me help you out. Oh, how nice of him. So he got her a house, paid for the first month's rent, and then left all four of their kids with her. <laughs> he said, after a month, yeah, thanks, bro. Thanks. <laughs> so that's why we were here, so I'm a babysitter. Yeah. <laughs> so he said, after a month, you'll be coming back to me anyway. What? Um, 
excuse me, what? <laughs> she was like, LOL, thanks, bro. That is not happening. <laughs> Yeah, he was just like hell bent that she was going to be returning, but that, that's well. I not think I mean happen. I think that's what a lot of people thought back. He's like, you're not going to be able to make it on your own. Look, you're you're at the poverty line. You'll be back anyway. You're going to see how hard it is with the four boys. That that's so sick to be like, hey, I'm super abusive, and I'm going to make you suffer more to realize that my abusiveness is better than being alone. <laughs> than... <laughs> but she took the. I mean, she took the boys and. You have to remember, two of them were not biologically her children. Mm. She adopted them, and but she was like, they were my children, though. So I think that shows how how ride or die she was for those boys. You know, she's just like, well, I mean, yeah, she children. was responsible for them. And in, in her like, book, she never said anything about complaining about being the sole uh, caretaker of the kids. Though to be fair, one of them, they were all teenagers at this point, so they weren't babies. They were like. The oldest one was like 18 and the youngest one was like 15. Yeah. Oh, but she had she had all them kids and refused to ask Ike for any sort of child support. Yeah. She's like, okay, I got this. I don't need him. I got to get to work. You better work, bitch. <laughs> but that's easier said than done because every time she tried to get into a meeting with a record company, they were just like, where's Ike? It's not the uh... Tina Turner review. It's the Ike and Tina Turner review. They just were like, uh, we're not seeing you as a solo act. Because she was almost 40, which back then, in an industry like the record industry, she was basically a, a corpse, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Remember her best friend, Rhonda, Yo. from episode one? Nah. Rhonda decides to move into the house, and she's like, okay, Tina, until you can get a real manager, I'm going to try to help you get back on your feet, girl. So let's think of some ways that other, quote-unquote, washed-up celebrities... Because you're only 40. Right now, that's like the golden age. I know, I know. <laughs> but yeah, they were, she was considered like a nostalgic act. That was, how are these yeah, other... so now that you're nostalgia, let's let's get you some money, bitch. <laughs> yeah, let's figure out how other nostalgic acts are making money. So mm-hmm. do you remember in our Betty White episode mm-hmm. when we talked about how popular it was for celebrities to go on game shows in the 70s and oh, 80s? Oh, yeah. Betty White was the queen, queen of the game shows. Queen of game shows. <laughs> and Tina was like, I can do that. She went on Hollywood Squares a few times, but even in her first episode of Hollywood Squares, they're like, where's Ike? And it's so awkward. Because, I mean, obviously, people knew they were going through a divorce. They know, yeah. It's so, like, they're like, where's Ike? And I watched this video of her just going, she's so graceful, too. She's just like, I don't know. And just left it at that. And I was like, good for her for not. I would have I been that person that would have been like. Probably doing coke. Like, yeah. I, I would have put his Making ass on some blast. some other woman miserable now since he did have 14 <laughs> wives in his lifetime. So I don't know as the answer is very kind. Yes. Yes. That was more graceful than I know than I am. Than I think I would have been. (laughs) So at this time in the late 70s, lots and lots of celebrities had their own variety shows like. We had the Johnny and Marie Osmond show. We had the Sonny and Cher show. Or just the Cher show after Cher left Sonny. Yeah. Yeah. And then we had Carol Burnett. Like That's another one that just had their own variety show. She's hitting the circuits of all those as well. Funny story. When Tina turned up to the Cher show before getting into her costume, Cher was like, what the fuck are you wearing? Because now that Tina isn't being controlled by Ike... When she's not on stage, she's going to dress what she's comfortable with. Because Ike would, like, even when she's not on stage, make her wear sexy outfits. But if the press was going to see them. But when she is now coming into her own, when she's just doing her own thing, her preferred outfit is a pair of linen slacks, 
a silk blouse, and a string of pearls. And so she rocks up for their first rehearsal, and Shara's like, what are you wearing? And she's like, Tina Turner's a character. You know that, right? And Shara was like, oh. But because Tina was such a different person when she wasn't in costume or on stage, she dressed conservatively. She didn't like curse. She was very modest. She didn't do drugs or drink. I mean, maybe a glass or two of champagne every now and then. (laughs) Yeah, but... That shocked people yeah. that she was so reserved and not as wild as they thought she should be. Exactly. So for the first few years, Tina is taking any gig she can get. She is slowly dragging herself out of that debt with no help from Ike, which really pissed Ike off because his career was going nowhere. Um, <laughs> his reputation had really taken a hit. To bring it to contemporary, it reminds me a bit of Chris Brown a little bit. Like how his reputation, even though he's talented, his reputation and his temper and his history stop him from getting jobs. And it was the same thing with Ike because he was getting a reputation Mm. in, in the music industry for having a really bad temper and for being violent and for having a drug problem, which all of these were true so no one wanted to work with him (laughs) obviously ike turner was a talented dude let's not get it twisted he was talent only gets you so far when you're an absolute asshole you know (laughs) when you are a liability to society yeah (laughs) so we don't have time to go into all the details but on more than one occasion i tried to strong arm tina into at least working with him again this is so scary Oh, so scary. He'd send dudes that were on his payroll to go stand outside her house with guns to threaten her. What the fuck? Just so she'd look out the window in the house that her children also live in. His children also live in. One time they woke up to gunshots and Tina tells her kids and stuff like go hide in the closet and her and Rhonda hold up until daylight and they go and look outside they had shot out the windows in her and Rhonda's cars what like what the that fuck? is how fucked beyond up? abusive that is like I'm going to kill you yes <laughs> when she called the police the first time though they thought it was a prank call because wouldn't you too <laughs> yeah like oh we got a call from Tina Turner Ike's shooting out the window yes. ah. Until finally she was like, can you just, for the love of God, send somebody out to this address? And when they finally showed up, they were like, oh, shit, you're Tina Turner. And she's like, I I know. (laughs) (laughs) I've been saying it this whole time. I even got my name in court. Oh, my Um. God. There's this story in her book about how she bought a gun. She, You know, she's a Buddhist. She doesn't want to own a gun. But she thought she needed it for the protection of her and her own family. Yeah. Like, it just drove her to be absolutely paranoid, which, bleh. So, um, hey. Hey. Let's let's not talk about Ike Turner. I don't want to talk about Ike Turner like, anymore. For like the rest of the episode. Almost please. the rest of the episode. Let's almost, not talk almost. about Ike Turner anymore. Let's get Tina back where she belongs on top. Yes. But first, let's take a quick break and we will be right back to let you know how the rest of the story goes. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. BTW, void, we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. Everybody, shush! William Shatner has something to say. Cat and Jethro, box of oddities. What do you do when the woman you love dies? 
Well, of course, you dig her up and you live with her. Aww. The show examines weird things. There are plenty of old photographs from this time period of children out in the streets playing in and among the dead horse carcasses. Oh, I miss those days. Things used to be so much simpler. Cat and Jethro. Then there's the urine wheel, which sounds like a really bad game show. Thing done weird things. Cat and Jethro, Box of Oddities. That is really mysterious. Join Cat and Jethro Gilligan-Toth for the strange, the bizarre, the unexpected as they lift the lid and cautiously peer inside the Box of Oddities. The Webby Award-winning Box of Oddities podcast from Airwave Media. Oh, we're back. <laughs> and Tina's also back and making a comeback because yes. no one would really sign her and she couldn't really get a good agent. God bless Rhonda for trying. God bless Rhonda for trying. But she, I'm sure Rhonda was even like, how did I? I'm not like, I'm not <laughs> equipped for this. You know, I don't know what I'm doing. And she's in debt right now. And Tina starts a cabaret act, which on cabaret, on cabaret, on cabaret, cabaret, Tina. We're theater kids. <laughs> but yeah, you're right. She is in so much debt, like up to her eyeballs. So she does this act and she takes it on the road. And y'all, this woman is hustling. She performs in the same month, in one month, in 1977, she performs Australia, New Zealand, Vegas, and Texas. Every day she's hustling. Every day she's hustling. I feel like I need a whole month to recover from flying to Australia. Like, and- I know. I need a month just to take a shower. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Do you know that Lady Gaga interview where she's like, no sleep, next club, another club. No- Do you know what I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. This part of Tina's life is the Lady Gaga next club interview. No sleep, uh, next club. You know what I mean? Yes. <laughs> So in 1978, she performs in USA, Germany, UK, Canada, (gasps) Spain, and Italy. She is not turning down a single fucking show, guys. Like, not a... Did someone cancel in Michigan? Call Tina. Call Tina. (laughs) Someone cancel in Munich? Call Tina. Yeah. (laughs) She is working her ass off, but she still can't get an agent and can't get... Proper representation. I I went back and forth about mentioning this because it's always such a bummer when someone we love does something that's not cool. During this time, she did also perform in South Africa during apartheid, which was like Mm. most Western artists weren't going to South Africa and standing up against apartheid. Later, she would say, oh, I regret it, but I didn't really understand what was going on, which I'm like, yes, of course you did. Everyone knew what was going Mm -hmm. on. Uh, but I also kind of feel like she had mouths to feed. It wasn't cool that yeah. she did that. And it's her explanation for it later wasn't necessarily made any sense. But yeah. I feel, don't you hate like when someone you love, it's like, it's like just about any historical person you love. You're like, oh, my God, they're so cool. And then you're like, oh, no, how they treated the Jewish people. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's true, though. Yeah. It's so true. You're always like, oh, I wish, I wish she, I wish she didn't that. do that. At least she did mm-hmm. say she regretted it later, though. 
Yeah. So now we're going to fast forward a little bit zip, to 1981, which was the year that all this hard work that she had been doing finally paid off. Yes, that means it was five years of her taking literally every single gig she could get for it to finally pay off. She was doing a solo show at the Ritz in New York City. I mean, putting on the Ritz. Putting on the Ritz. (laughs) Okay, theater kid. (laughs) Yes. The show was gaining so much traction that like celebrities were starting to come to it. And one night, Keith Richards, who she had toured with previously from the Rolling Stones, he goes to watch her show and he is just, he comes to her room, her dressing room afterwards and is like, girl, you can still perform like, whoa. And she was like, what do you mean I can still perform? I haven't stopped performing since I met you in 1964 or what the fuck ever. You know, she's like, what the fuck are you talking about, Keith Richards? I'm snapping. <laughs> if you can't hear that, I am snapping for the queen yeah. performer. I'm sure she was happy to see him, and I'm, but still, it's like, what do you mean still? Like- still, yeah. <laughs> so he comes by the next night with his friend... David Bowie. Hmm. Maybe you've heard of him. Maybe you've heard um. of him. Little known indie indie project, David Bowie. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and David Bowie is blown out of the fucking water. He's like, why? What? What? Why have you been hiding this woman? What? What is she doing in the backgrounds? Why has she been performing? And she needs to be a star. Like, uh, yes. What? And she's like, I haven't been hiding anywhere. I have been on the stage nonstop yeah. <laughs> on every continent in the world for f- the last five years. And David Bowie is like, okay, well, I'm having a party tonight and you're coming. And I would, I, if David Bowie invites you to a party, you go. You go to that party, <laughs> my friend. Yes. <laughs> she wasn't a big drinker or partier i mean like when would she have the fucking time yeah she the way she wrote about this uh party in her book it sounds like she just really got to let her hair down she talks about they were drinking champagne and smoking cigars and playing the piano Love it. with mick jagger david bowie rod stewart uh, a who's who of 1981 rock stars uh. Gosh. And she was uh. the toast of the entire party. She was the belle of the fucking ball because everybody was had been at her show. It was like an after party for her show. Oh, my <laughs> God. Can I flip my hair? <laughs> if I was in a room with Rod Stewart, Mick Jagger, David Bowie, I'd be like, are we are we having a group orgy? But David Please? Bowie was literally like and they they become friends for the rest of their life. But at this party, he's like making calls being like, why doesn't this woman have representation? Why are y'all sleeping? On Tina Turner. And she was like forever grateful for him. Yes, David Bowie. Thank- of course. Why were people Finally. sleeping? Yes. <laughs> Finally, someone's listening. <laughs> and just like that, she gets representation. Yeah. Hmm, maybe whenever there's some masculine energy, shit gets. How ma- I don't. What masculine energy with David Bowie are you fucking talking about? <laughs> I mean, I know he was a straight man, but he's not exactly. Have you seen the labyrinth? Yeah. Like. <laughs> I mean, he's kind of one of the first non-binary-ish Oh, yeah. People. Yeah. <laughs> like, where he's like, hey, let me throw on some makeup and let's have a good time. Um, Whenever people are like, back in my day, rock stars were just he, him. And I'm like, have you seen David Bowie and anything he ever did? <laughs> um, but <laughs> things for Tina take off from yes. there. 
That same year, she's on SNL with Rod Stewart. Have you ever seen this performance, Nathan? I love it so much. Yes, the hot legs. Yes, which what the per- the perfect person? Because if you've no- if you don't know anything about Tina Turner, she's known for her hot legs. And so Rod Stewart goes on SNL and performs hot legs. Who's he going to bring on? Uh. The hottest legs in the industry, Tina Turner. And she, like, back in the early 80s, you know, teenagers were turning on um, SNL. They, like, it was very much, like, for the young crowd. If someone's, like, 16, they might not necessarily remember Tina Turner. So they're probably like, mm-hmm. who is this badass lady up here with the legs? And so she got exposure to, like, the next generation because of this this appearance with Rod Stewart on Tina Turner. And it was fucking awesome. Uh, on SNL. And it was fucking awesome. So things start moving really fast for her after that. So okay. she gets a manager named Roger. Roger ends up signing her to a label and she starts putting out music and she's making even a bigger splash in the UK and in Europe. But the momentum is slowly building and building and building and building. I'm sure she's like, finally, you know? Um, Yeah, it's about damn time. She releases a dance mix cover of, you know, Al Green's song, Let's, Let's Stay Together. I don't, but I would love you to sing me a sing. You, know, you know the Al Green song, Let's Stay Together. <laughs> of course you do. Yeah, I probably do. She puts out, so she puts out a dance mix of that. To everyone's surprise, it blows up. And it's number three on the dance charts. And everyone's yes. like, shit, we need to build on this momentum because this woman is 44, so she's dying tomorrow. We need to... <laughs> Spoiler alert, she's not. She's not. They're like, we need to capitalize on this while she's still hot. We need to get we need to get a record out while she's still marketable. Mm-hmm. And in just two weeks. Two weeks. Two weeks. They record her album, Private Dancer. Private I'm dancer. a private dancer. Dancer for money. money. <laughs> so they release Private Dancer. Dancer for April 1984, that's when that happened. And 1984. And oh man, is this a bop? Is this a single? Is this a record? Yes, Queen. It was a huge hit. And it was like the 39th best selling album of the year. Yes. Which is enormous. I think there's there's a bunch of them are up, up at the top, but one of my favorites at the top is like Jagged Little Pill, Alanis Morissette. Yeah, like in the top ten. No. Yeah. Um, but to make it as like the 39th best selling, <laughs> that's not that's the 39th best selling album of the year in the U.S. That's not that's not the dance chart. That is the just across the board best selling album. That was in the U.S., but in Europe, y'all, she's in the top ten albums for sales in germany norway switzerland denmark australia i know australia is not in europe but like it's just so (laughs) much bigger outside of the u.s even though she's huge in the u.s you know yeah and it reaches its heights in the u.s at number three on the billboards and that's huge that's That's not that's everything that's top song in the country yes she and ike had never imagined that kind of chart power right oh chart power big chart energy uh (laughs) how how jealous do you think ike was oh hundred yeah so tina 
doesn't write songs. That's just not, she's not a songwriter. She's a performer. <laughs> so her label, in a rush to get this album out, they recorded it in two weeks. They're having songwriters come to her and she gets the final say. She gets to say, yes, mm-hmm. I do want to do this song. No, I don't want to do this song. And so they bring her this song called Physical. Do you know mm. the Olivia Newton-John song? Let's get physical. Get physical. Physical. And so she passed on it because she was just like, Ugh. Oh, I, I feel like if, could you imagine the Tina Turner version of Physical? I, I, I can't because honestly, like the the song be, Let's it, it, Get Physical was so innocent sounding yes, that's from the thing. Olivia Because Olivia Newton-John has like that, yeah, that innocent, that's a great way to put it. Kind of like just that very like naive, she doesn't realize and, that she's being sexy. But with Tina Turner, it would have been like, let's give this a, you know. Yeah, it would have been a different vibe. <laughs> it would have been vibe. almost like raunchy. And so that's what she, she was like, no. I know Roger, her manager was also Olivia Newton-John's manager. So they were like, okay. And they brought it to Olivia Newton-John and it was a huge hit. I think that's so funny. Could you imagine if things had gone also, differently? Also funny is that they brought her a song called what's love got to do with what's it. And <laughs> Katie can't help her. I can't, I can't. I, just, <laughs> I know. And Tina actually said, no, Hard pass. <laughs> what? <laughs> but Roger was like, no, 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 honey girl. No, I want you to give this a try. And she said, okay, it's a ballad. I don't sing ballads. Girl after my own heart. <laughs> and she said, she said, you wouldn't bring a song like this to the Rolling Stones. Why are you going to bring it to me? Because she's a rocker. She's like, I'm a rocker like they are. Why would you bring me this? And Roger mm-hmm. said, I am so confident that you can put the Tina Turner spin on this and make it your own. Just, just try. I think you could kill it. Just, just try. And I'm so happy uh, she did. Uh, <laughs> I love that song so much. <laughs> because it, it, it does need that raunchy edge. Yeah. Like it does it need that, that gritty, sexy, yeah. like that gritty, what's love got to do, got, got to, to do with it. it. Yeah. You need that soul. Yes. In it. And, and she's she, got that. Fun fact. Tina Turner hated that song her entire she hated performing it she hated it but it was her biggest hit ever <laughs> no, I'm like, uh, i know you hate it tina but can you sing it for me one more time <laughs> plus <laughs> what's love got to do with it won two grammys one for record of the year and one for best female rock vocals and then another song on that album one female pop vocal so she's killing it baby she is back back. (laughs) so let's just do a little bit of skimming over like her musical achievements and her tours because there's just too much to go over she is in demand is what you need to know and she is working in the music industry and just blowing up and just i mean just for the rest of her life she's in demand and just blowing up so let's talk about some movies she tells roger hey i had so much fun making that weird movie tommy back in the the 70s i, I want to do another one and then right away he's like got you a role and steven spielberg comes to her and says that he wants her to do a role in the color purple i've never watched the color purple but i know it's um a lot of trauma right it's not fun yeah and i know (laughs) i know it's oprah and whoopi goldberg 
and I believe it's Whoopi Goldberg is the character who's in an abusive relationship. Mm-hmm. And then her husband leaves her for a singer or something like that. Is that the mm-hmm. Tina was just like, I people already associate me with an abusive relationship. I don't need to be. I don't need. I. It, she, she was just like, it's too real. It's too. I can as much as I would have loved her to have that therapeutic moment of being able to go through that. On I don't think film, she wanted to go through that in front of people. Want, exactly. Yeah. Like she needed her own time to do that, which is empowering. Right. That's like, take your time, baby. Girl. I don't want to do something sad. I don't want to be a victim in everybody's eyes. I don't. I want to do something empowering something fun and so roger went back on searching on a role for her and came back with a script to the third movie in the mad max series uh, it's called mad max beyond the thunderdome <laughs> i've never uh, seen any of the mad max movies not even like the reboot I've, either i've seen like one and it was fun it was fun okay. but never again <laughs> i love you guys if you love mad max and i'm sorry but she was offered the role of auntie entity a post-apocalyptic ruler hey you know in the last one she was the acid queen and this one she's a post-apocalyptic queen she's being typecasted and she loves it yeah she's here for it the character's strong kind intelligent i mean hello i'm here for it yes and when the writers were writing the script they kept saying we we want like a tina turner adjacent character to play the role (laughs) yeah (laughs) and never in a million years did they actually think they would get tina turner but they hey, manifested that shit. The moral of the story is shoot your shot. Uh, they didn't. They were like a Tina Turner type role. Just ask Tina Turner, and she was like, "Fuck yeah, let's do this." <laughs> 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 the film did uh, fine. Uh, it was it, it wasn't a huge commercial success, but it did okay. And but the way that Tina talks about the experience is that it was just the she didn't give a shit that it wasn't winning a bunch of awards because she just had such an amazing time. Like she got to be this like powerful woman and wear these wild costumes and she got to grow and do her own stunts. And like, Nathan, let's have a look. Click on that link there. Let's have a look at this outfit that she got to wear in this movie. Gorgeous, honey. Yes. And I'll definitely post Uh. it in the, uh, on our Instagram. She looks like a warrior woman about to take on the world and say, nope, I'm conquering you. (laughs) That costume must have been so heavy, though. And out there in like in the desert in Australia. But But, but what what are those baby hairs doing around her forehead? Oh, that was like she so she had to shave her head every day for this. Oh, my God. For this wig. Yes. But like, how awesome does she look? Yeah. Ugh, she looks like she's about to tear you down. So yeah, she didn't care that the movie wasn't like a huge commercial success. She just wanted to do something different, something empowering, and this just like hit the spot for her, which I loved. And 1985 was a huge year for me and Katie, and also for Tina, (laughs) because we, we were born. We were born. So Tina put out her first memoir, and it was so personal. It was called I, Tina. And y'all, it put Ike Turner on blast. To 11. Blasted him to 11. <laughs> People have been whispering about Ike's abuse for years. And since she had had her comeback, reporters have been straight up just like asking her like, hey, did he abuse you? Rude. And it's like, uh, uh, I, I'm still dealing with this trauma yes. myself. <laughs> she thought, okay, if I talk about it, 
people will quit asking me, which was wrong. People asked her about it for the rest of her life. But the book was such a huge success. It was like number one bestseller all over the world. It was huge, huge, huge. <laughs> and she was vulnerable in every single way. And she'd never gone that place before. Yeah. When people saw her, they they saw her as this over-the-top, confident woman. But she got to tell the story about her parents abandoning her. And she she got to tell the story about how she never felt loved. And yeah. it was this therapeutic moment for her. Yeah. This line from her book really breaks my heart. She says, the fact is, I had no love for my mother and father from the beginning from birth. But I survived. To tell the truth, I haven't received real love ever in my life, believe it or not. People look at me now and think, what a hot life I must have lived. Ha! I've never had a real lasting love, but I've survived on my own. Mm. That's so sad. That is. Yeah. But she's a survivor. She is. <laughs> she's not coming up on her 50s, but like, that is so sad, though, to be like almost 50 and being like, no one's ever loved me. Not even my parents, you know? Ugh. Yeah. Her book was a huge success, though, and yep. she got rave reviews. Though there were people that criticized her for harming Ike's name like that. Ike's life had not been great since she left. Yeah. So people were like, hey, why kick him when he's down? And it's like, he kicked me for so many years. So fuck that guy. Yeah, I don't, I don't feel <laughs> super sorry for Ike. No, there was, do you know the this fucking guy, music producer, Phil Spector? Oh, yes. He was, like, really vocal about being, like, Tina has ruined this man's good name. And it was, like, I think he has ruined his own good name. Yeah, like, he, he did that himself. He did that <laughs> himself, yeah. All on his own. Yeah. Congratulations. <laughs> Ten years later, Ike wrote a book back, like, in rebuttal. And he said, sure, I slapped Tina. We had fights. And there have been a few times where I punched her to the ground, but I never beat her. Wait. What? That okay. What is your definition of beating? My man, if, punching someone like, to the ground sounds that's like... Beating. That's beating. <laughs> okay. Anyway. Wow. Anyway. So in 1993, the book was turned into a movie called what Her Least Favorite, got got <laughs> Her least favorite Song to Perform Ever. <laughs> um, I don't think we'll be reviewing this one because... Yeah. Don't want to watch if, it again. It's just painful. If, if you're new, we will often, on our, over on our Patreon, review movies. Like we did, we reviewed the Selena movie. We reviewed the Aretha Franklin movie. Stuff like that. I don't want to watch this movie again. It's a, it's a categorical yeah. bummer. Everybody does and, an amazing job, though. Everybody. Yeah, and Angela Bassett does an amazing yes. job. Lawrence Fishburne, amazing job. Like, it won a bunch of awards, got tons of money at the box office. Like, it, it is a great movie. It has 97% rating on Rotten Tomatoes, which I don't know. I mean, there's not a whole lot of movies that have that high of a rating. So it is a good movie, but it is hard to watch. Yeah, Tina herself said she never watched it all the way through because she didn't want to, like, go back through that trauma, seeing her as the victim. She said that she thought that they portrayed her... She was like, I fought back more than that. She was like, I'm too much of a victim in that movie. Mm. She says, I don't understand why they made the changes to make me look weaker than I was. I don't think she wanted to be the poster child for domestic abuse, but in the 90s, people weren't talking about domestic abuse like they, mm. I mean, 
up until 1995, it wasn't considered legally rape to rape your wife. Uh, that's so hard to think about. So I think she should be proud that it brought the conversation of domestic abuse into everybody's household. Do you know what I'm saying? No, it, absolutely. Like that, that became not taboo to talk about. I mean, it was still, like, ta- it was still kind of, but like, people was, were talking about, she, yeah. She brought light to it. It wasn't in the shadows anymore. But I bet uh, there were, were probably people that watched that movie and saw like what a big success she was now and been like, oh, I should just leave. I can do it too. Yeah. yeah. So I think she should be I proud of that. Too. I don't know if she was, but I think she should have been. Anyway, Tina needs to fall in love. Yes. And I think, I think she needs some like real yes. love. Yes. Uh, so let's take a quick break. Before we get to that real love. Real love. I'm searching <laughs> I'm for the real love. real love. Hey, y'all. Spooky season is here. And if you're looking for a show to whet your appetite for a little haunted history, then I'd like to invite you to check out Southern Gothic a chart-topping history podcast that explores some of the most infamous legends, folklore, ghost stories, and hauntings of the American South. We've covered all sorts of stuff from the Bell Witch of Tennessee to the disappearance of the Confederate submarine, the H.L. Hunley, not to mention our deep dives into the local lore of some of America's oldest and most haunted cities like New Orleans, Charleston, and St. Augustine. So, if you're ready for a little good old-fashioned Halloween storytelling with a commitment to quality historical research, then be sure to check out Southern Gothic today. It's available now on all your favorite podcast apps. Hello everyone, Takuyi here. And I'm Gabby. And we are the hosts of History of Everything, a podcast which you can probably guess by the name is, well, I mean, it's about everything. Do you want to know why people thought potatoes were evil and would give you syphilis? Are you curious about all the stories of the terrible and stupid ways that people have kicked the bucket over the years? Do you want to hear tales about all of the different badasses of history and the lives that they had brought to life? Well, if so, then look no further. History of Everything is just the right podcast for you. It's available on Spotify, Pandora, and anywhere else that you get your podcast from. Join us for some fun and just see how weird and wacky history can be. And we are back. Let's get this girl who has never felt true love in her life. I think she deserves some love. What do you think, Nathan? Oh, what's love got to do with it? Everything. (laughs) Right now it does for her because she's trying to find love. Oh, she wasn't actually on the prowl for love. I mean. She wasn't, she wasn't thirsty. She was a busy bitch. She would later say after Ike, she didn't equate sex with an act of love which can you blame her she equated it i mean she's scarred yeah she made it she in her mind sex was more like aggression you know so despite her on stage sexy appearance she wasn't she wasn't you know she wasn't the racking up her body count by no means yeah i mean it was a character it wasn't her yeah one thing she said that was kind of sad is that because she wore wigs every day, she kept her real hair short and sometimes was totally bald. And she was like, I was afraid that a man 
would go to bed with Tina Turner and wake up to Anna May and just be appalled yeah. by what I looked like. Oh, Bless her no, heart. we love you for who you are, what you look like. I know. We love your energy, not yeah. not your hair. But I mean, everyone's like, going to... Well, I get what she's saying, though, in that, like, uh, yeah. they go to bed with this rock star and wake up with just a normal person, you know? And so she was she was insecure I about bet it. Celebrities, I bet celebrities feel that way I'm a sure. lot. I'm sure. I mean, I know I do, um, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Katie got it. I know I do. Oh, God. <laughs> but one day, one day, one day. She met a German hottie mm. who was like 16 years younger than yes. she was. She is. She meets this guy. Let's set the scene. Let's set the scene. Okay. So picture it. <laughs> picture it. 1985 uh, or 86. I don't know. Uh, at some point in the 80s. She is still living at the U.S. at the time, but she's way more popular in Europe. So when her record label is like, we want you to come do some tours in Europe, talk about like, doing some more business deals in Europe, she's like, yeah, sure, I'm excited. And they're like, great, we're going to fly you out. We're having one of the guys from EMI Europe. He's going to pick you up from the airport. Yeah, his name is Erwin. So just be on the lookout for Erwin when you arrive in Munich. Yeah, so she gets on the plane and she sees Bach standing there waiting for her. And she's just like, um... Uh, who, who the fuck the is that? Is <laughs> that and how do I get a piece of it? Yes, his mm-hmm. name was Erwin Bach. So I could. Are you are you searching for his birthday right now? Mm-hmm. Let mm-hmm. me know if you find it because we need to do like an astrological dig. Then, according to Tina, it was love at first sight for her. She was just like hook, line, and sinker right away. And after meeting a few times, Tina said she did something she had never done before in her whole life. She leaned over to him during a dinner with a bunch of other record, bunch of other record executives and said, next time you come to the United States, I want you to make love to me. Oh, bitch. Oh, that is some big clit energy, big titty energy in the house. But can you imagine if you're Irwin? I mean, if Tina Turner is giving you an open invitation to her bedroom, how intimidating. How intimidating. Like one of the biggest stars in the world and you're this like nobody, uh, you know, young guy. But next time he was in L.A., they spent a very sexy weekend together. So I did pull it up. Oh, you found his birthday? Mr. Irwin is an Aquarius. Sagitt- um, oh, so I, Sagittarius and Aquarius. Okay. That's a fire sign and a, an air sign. So that's always going to match. Okay. Um, so yeah, they definitely had a lot of magic going on. Mm. Lots of fiery chemistry. There was lots of fireworks. So very much going on with them. Ooh, okay. I love Ooh, this for them. I love this for them. So they have the sexy weekend in L.A. She got a little butt hurt though, when he didn't call her to make more plans to meet up right away. But I have to wonder, put yourself in his shoes. He's probably thinking, you know, Tina is someone that does shit like this all the time. Yeah, he's this probably thinking she hooks gig. up all the time. Yeah. Yeah, she's this sexy rock star with this big personality, and this is just another one of her flings. But, spoiler alert... That's not how Tina felt. No, she was actually in her book. She said that after their weekend together, she was like, she took pictures 
of them took like selfies together and she like printed them up and had them framed like she was ready to be all in and he didn't realize so they didn't they didn't you know jump into a relationship right away there was a little bit of miscommunication but eventually after a few months they did get on the same page and that was 1986 and tina died in 2023 and they were together for the rest of their lives or the rest for rest of tina's life yeah Sorry, where are we again? Sorry, I was too busy looking up the Sagittarius, the Sagittarius and Aquarius like compatibility, and it says that they enjoy their lives with each other, always come up with enthusiasm, enjoy their habits, and overly discussing things. So oh, yes, yeah. Um, <laughs> so he proposed to her after being together for three years, and Tina was just like, ugh. I've been married before. <laughs> it's Hard bad. Pass. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing about that was fun. Let's not do it. <laughs> why, why ruin this perfect, beautiful, happy relationship that we have yeah. with marriage? Right. Let's just be together. Yeah. The thing I really liked when reading about their relationship was that Irwin didn't get involved in her career. I was watching this Larry, this Larry King interview from 1997, I think. And he was just like, well, what is your partner what does your boyfriend think about your tours and stuff and she was just like that's she looked so annoyed like a bit of like why would you even ask me about that that doesn't have anything you know he did not try to tell her what to do in any way shape or form he was like you got this (laughs) and i love this i think in juxtaposed with ike where he was like controlling what she wore how she sounded how she looked on stage and off stage i think she really appreciated having a partner that was even though he was in the music industry, he was not trying at all to, in any way, shape, or form, craft. I mean, her. as an as an artist, yeah. you have to appreciate somebody who's not telling you what to do. Yeah. They're allowing you to do it. Yeah. They allow just you to your, just be yourself and explore like, yeah. explore yourself. And maybe when you explore yourself, your music will get better huh think of that love that i love that too okay let's jump into the 90s because katie and nathan are at least five or six years old yes (laughs) and (laughs) tina has been in the show business for like three decades now (laughs) and she's finally getting inducted into the rock and roll hall of fame unfortunately so is ike turner Barf. Yeah. What? <laughs> uh, neither Ike nor Tina attended their induction into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame because usually it's a bit of a to do. Tina, on her behalf, she said, I don't want to be associated, Ike and Tina. I don't want to be there if it's going to be. I think she was grateful to be inducted, but she just didn't want to keep having to hear Ike and Tina and seeing like people. Okay. I, I will stand up for her all day, or yeah. day. Yeah. Because I am the youngest child, and it's like, always, I get the and Nathan. Yeah. And so it's like, Ike and Tina. It's like, no, Tina first. Yes, yes. <laughs> and then you can invite Ike, and then represent him separately from me. But they were inducted um, as the band together, you yeah. know? So Ugh, I get it, so but painful. I'm sure she also just didn't want to see a bunch of pictures from that time. No, absolutely not. Triggering. Hello. Ike also didn't attend because he was in prison serving a four-year sentence for cocaine possession. 
So. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. Poor buddy. <laughs> Surprise. He's a drug abuser. Yeah. And no. an abuser. And, and an just, awful yeah. human being. So in 1992, Tina bought a home in France Mm. and pretty much lived there full time. Her kids were grown and she'd always preferred Europe anyway. So she told Larry King in an interview in America, in America, (laughs) (laughs) she told Larry King in an interview in America, Madonna is the biggest female pop star in Europe. I'm way bigger than Madonna. Yes. I mean, she wasn't wrong. She's not wrong. (laughs) She's right. So in 1997, this guy from CBS, for y'all that aren't in the U.S., CBS is a news channel, TV channel, and they have a show called 60 Minutes, a news news show. And they come to our house and do the interview. Nathan, have you ever seen any of this interview? Because it's so cringe when you watch it in 2023. (laughs) No, I have not. So they're doing a tour of her house. And this interviewer asks her about if she's had plastic surgery. And I love it. She gives the most awkward and honest answer. But when you're going to ask a fucking rude question like that, expect a fucking awkward answer. She's like, yeah, she's like, well, yeah, I had my nose done because it was uh, smashed in so much. So when I sang like blood would come into my throat. So I had to have my nose reconstructed. Do you have any other questions about my plastic surgery? Oh, I know. Right. And like I'm the interviewer and I'm just like, oh, I can't talk to her. (laughs) But then he's asking her because they're looking at her house. Uh, Click on that link that I have in the show notes, Nathan. Look at these and I'll put them on Instagram as well. And I'll post to these pictures are from a article in Architecture Digest or whatever it's called. Look at these pictures of her house in France. Oh my god, I am dying. I know. But the interviewer like, can asked Can I just stay on your porch? Yes, can I, I just will, live I will, on this patio? Yeah, I will put a tent up and you will not hear You will me. not I'll even take know care of the whole place. Here. I will cook you breakfast, girl. But in that same interview, the interviewer asked her, "Do you think you deserve this?" And she goes, Ooh. And she goes, "I deserve more." And good for her. I, good for her. I have to like the first thing that came to my mind when I watched that, I was like, would you have asked Mick Jagger that? Would you have asked Prince that? No, they all had they big wouldn't. houses. And would you have asked it? Do you think you deserve this? What the fuck kind of question is that? But what a per- I worked my ass off. Yes. But what I a perfect response. I deserve more. I, yes, because she oh, went on tour for years in clubs and clubs and clubs and clubs. No like, sleep. Another course. club. Another club. Yes. <laughs> I know. Come on, yeah. guys. Like, really? Do you deserve this? Yeah. I deserve, I deserve more than more. this. Yes. 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 I love this energy. Yes. What, one story, though, that really uh, grinds my gears uh-huh. is that her mom comes to visit the home in France and is just like, Mm. Mm. Oh, mm. it's good. You found another rich man to take care of you. <laughs> and then <laughs> Irwin is like, does she think I'm like Ike? Did, does she think that I'm bankrolling no, he's your like, lifestyle? She, yeah, does she think that I'm the breadwinner here? Because clearly, yeah. 
Clearly she is mistaken. I mean, Erwin had a good job. Erwin made good money, but he was not the, but not, not south of France mansion money like Tina was. But I mean, that's like that, that old mentality of like, oh, you've got a good man you got a good to man take to, care and of she's you. Like, and it's like, no, no, she's taking care of me. It's like the share <laughs> quote with mom, I am a rich man. Uh, it's what it made right. me think of whenever, if anybody doesn't know, Cher has this quote where his, her mom was like, I just want you to settle down and find a rich man. And she goes, mom, I am a rich man. <laughs> like, Tina was the, true. I mean, like, though, I don't have it here on the notes, but I just thought of something from her book that made me so sad. She tells this story because, you know, she had that fucked up relationship with her mom. But she bankrolled her mom for the rest of her life. Uh, her, she kept her mom in a mansion for the rest of her mom's life. And there was at one point where her and her mom were having a disagreement. And her mom brings up this story about how her dad was like hitting her one time and she made her the dad stop hitting Tina. And she goes, I saved your life that day. And Tina go, looks around at her, her mom's mansion that she lives in and goes, I bet you're glad you did, didn't you? Aren't you? Because, I mean, it doesn't seem like her mom ever appreciated how self-established and valuable Tina was. Do you agree? No, I do. She never saw her worth. Yeah. She never saw what Tina could actually do. And it's like, you've got the most famous woman. (laughs) Maybe be a little bit bit more appreciative. Yeah. But their relationship never got great. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So let's do some skimming a little bit. Yeah. Uh, Tina does a bunch of touring. She does some legendary performances with all of her friends. There's also rumors that she had an affair with David Bowie, Mm. which... I might as well. Um, <laughs> she she does. I mean, David Bowie's dead, but I mean, we we get the picture. Well, Tina Turner. Like, Tina, it's David Bowie. Tina Turner <laughs> and is like, sorry guys, we were always completely just professional friends. We never had. And I'm like, let me dream, Tina. <laughs> <laughs> that that night that you were having a party after your performance. Let me dream. <laughs> making love. Y'all are in love with each other. <laughs> so she does Live Aid with Mick Jagger. Yeah. They have the she most said, iconic performance. Yes. Yes. She renounces her American citizenship and becomes a Swiss citizen and buys a big mansion in Switzerland. Um, it's giving me Josephine Baker. Ooh. Mm-hmm. I didn't think about that. Yeah. That's maybe she's Josephine Baker reincarnated. Maybe. You never know. I don't think that lines up with when Josephine Baker died, but (laughs) maybe I think they were alive at the same time, but maybe (laughs) (laughs) maybe there was some inspiration there. Tina's also honored at the Kennedy Center. Yes. So she's inducted into the role. She's inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame as a solo artist. Love it. She's friends with Oprah. Yes. Everybody gets a car. Yes. And, and it's she a Jaguar. Wins 12, and it's a Grammy. <laughs> Everybody gets a Grammy. You get a Grammy. <laughs> so she held the Guinness Book of World Records title of concert with the most attendees from 1988 to 1997. She had the biggest concert in the world for almost 10 years. That's awesome. Yeah, like, she performed with Beyonce. Like, we think now, we're like, oh, it's Beyonce. It's like, no, back then it was, oh, it's Tina Turner. Do you remember when we did the Patreon episode about, um, like, the gossip 
uh, like the drama that uh, Aretha Franklin started. Oh yeah. Do you remember yeah. how Aretha Franklin got so butthurt that Beyonce called Tina Turner the queen? Oh yes, I remember that. And Ike Turner died of a cocaine overdose, and Tina said that she felt when she when he died, she could she finally forgave him because she felt so removed. Like whenever he died, it stirred absolutely no emotion within her, no grief, no sadness, no happiness, no celebrate like she, just nothing. Which is the opposite. Kinda, what's the opposite of kinda, love? What's the opposite of hate? Apathy. Apathy, and that's yeah, what she felt. Apathy. She was just like, and I, guess I, I can, I can, I can, I can see that from her perspective is that she dealt with him while he was on cocaine and dealt with all that shit, and seeing your ex spouse still doing that after all of these years, no growth, no, yeah, <laughs> nothing. Of course, you have apathy, yeah, because he didn't. He's still the same gross human being that I met We've so gr- long ago. She's like, I've grown. I and he's yeah. still yeah. Yeah. Like, where's the love? There <sighs> was none. But something that really pissed me off, and this is the last time we're gonna mention her mother. Her mother and her sister went to the funeral and like somebody from the press asked them, Well, Tina's not here, why are you here? They're like Well, just because she doesn't consider him family anymore doesn't mean we don't consider him family anymore. And I'm like, why? Why did you? Mm. I don't know. I uh, she and yeah. I just feel I we have very different <laughs> dynamics. I feel like my mother would have oh, been like oh, absolutely. Oh, right. oh, oh, that, that's oh, the oh. official Queen's podcast. That is how oh, I feel oh, about oh. that. <laughs> anyway, in 2009, after 50 years of performing, she finally retires Good for her. after 50 years Five of performing. Let's zero. let's give her a clap for 50 years of performing. Cheers to 50 um, years. <laughs> <laughs> so she, hopefully, Queen's Podcast will be cheersing after cheers 50, 50 years. We'll be old as fuck. That's okay. Um, <laughs> so she and Irwin settle into retirement in Switzerland. And after 27 years together, he proposes Again. Again. And this time she says yes. Yay! <laughs> oh, it's so cute. I I'm know. so happy for them. They have the most over the top wedding, which Nathan, if you want to click that link, I got some pictures. But I mean, what do you expect? She finally. She wore. I love it. I'll make I a whole it. post on Instagram just for pictures from her wedding if y'all want. But uh, she wore. All you have to do is look at her face. Look, she looks so happy. That's all you have to do. She and looks, he looks so, so happy. happy. She wore a black and green dress. She asked all the men to wear black and white tuxedos and asked all the women to wear white dresses because she didn't want anybody's outfits to clash with the decorations which i i it's so extra i love it so at 74 years old she finally has her dream wedding look at her and she deserves it like look at everybody deserves to be in love if they want to be you know uh, yes and again if you see these pictures just look at her face and do you remember what her first wedding was with Ike and Tijuana, and then they went to the sex show. Yeah, she finally got she, to have a man that appreciates her and wants to loves give her, her and, she and respects her, her. Story, you know, like fairy tale wedding. Yeah. Ugh, I love this for I her. Know. 
Sadly, though, just after a few months after their wedding, Tina has a stroke. Yeah. And unfortunately, this would be just her first health issue and like a long stream yeah. of issues. It just, it just but, her health just no, nosedived right after. Yeah. And I don't want to get into that because that's a big old bummer. It's a big old bummer. So <laughs> let's just, let's just skim over that a little bit because yeah. it's a little traumatizing. Yes. Tina at one point decides she doesn't like the medication she's on and she wants to take a more holistic route when it came to specifically the medication that she was on for some kidney issues she was having. And as a result, she suffered Matt horrible kidney failure. Uh, I remember this. Yeah. Luckily, her husband was a match and he gave her one of his kidneys. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I'm going to cry. Because at this point, even though they've been together for almost 30 years, people were still being like, oh, he's just with her for her money and stuff. And it's no, if he was just with her for her money, he wouldn't be taking a literal organ out of his body and giving yeah, it to let's her. Stop a, let's stop attacking it and just realize that her first husband was a gigantic asshole. And her second one was a good And her second one literally gave his kidney to his wife. Like, she needed that. They were she just needed that. clearly so in love. Mm, I love that. It didn't, imme- like, it didn't fix, like, she still had health issues. And so Nathan and mm-hmm. I were talking before we hit record about how in Switzerland you can opt to have assisted suicide. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I hate to say it, but there's certain circumstances where people have ongoing health issues and they're just like, Hey, I want to do this on my own terms. So no judgment for me. I I wouldn't do it. I I wouldn't do it, but I am not going to judge someone that does. You you know, you say you wouldn't do it. Who knows if you get to a point in your life when it's okay, I have a terminal illness and it's either I suffer for another five years or, you know, or I don't know. Not I, my, not my I respect business. It. Not my business. Yes. But she talks it's about that they, business. in her book, she talks about that they consulted with uh, one of those agencies and how strict the vetting process was because apparently there's like, their biggest concern is, especially with somebody, her status, is that you have people that are set to inherit your money trying to convince you so that's probably why the rumors of him coming around yeah he's trying to steal your money it's like yeah but so she opted not to do that but she did look into that and i thought that that was really brave of her in her book to even admit that she looked into that do you know what i mean yeah that's that's it's very vulnerable that's a hard decision to talk about with anybody that's not i thought that that, i thought that was really brave of her to you know just kind of just be like i decided it wasn't the route for me but she was just like i think it's good that that's an option here in switzerland you know anyway that's a yeah. bummer <laughs> i mean it, it, it's not i mean it is a bummer but it's a it's a conversation, it's a conversation. that i'm glad yeah. i'm glad she made the decision that she even felt was right it. for her yeah. yeah yeah for sure so tina turner passed away at her home in switzerland with erwin by her side at the age of 83 yeah so it's really sad but she had plenty of time to prepare herself make peace with it like she had this amazing life and this amazing like she had this nice character arc where she started off in an abusive relationship and ended up with a really loving man inspiration yes like you can do it too and what a just i mean if you've ever watched her perform just a charismatic and just a oh god 
let's talk about her legacy. Yeah, no, or else I'm going to cry. Where do we even (laughs) fucking start? I didn't know this. The day that she died, or maybe the day after, at the changing of the guards, King Charles let them play Simply the Best. How cool! And I mean, when she passed away, you know, it's pretty normal when someone of her status passes away that all these celebrities make tributes. But she was having world leaders: Barack Obama, Joe Biden, the Swiss president, King Charles. People were like, "Oh my God, she's an inspiration to so many people." I mean, her musical inspiration, but just her perseverance, you know. Yeah, she's living proof that you can come back from a really hard life, take control, build yourself up, get rid of that man, (laughs) (laughs) and become legendary. Not just legendary, but the most legendary performer. queen of rock and roll. And you know what, Nathan? She's simply the best. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my goodness. What an amazing life. Okay. Well, that's what we're going to leave, Tina Turner. We hope you all enjoyed this series. Love you guys. Cheers, bitches. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.